I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man. Well, hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Covenant Living Podcast. My name is David Weeder and I am so glad that you could join us today. Covenant Living is a name that we gave this podcast because everything that we talk about has to do with living inside your covenant with Almighty God. Various aspects of it, whether it be health, financial, relationship, all aspects of life and godliness are contained within your covenant. So don't you think it would be to your benefit to find out as much about it as you possibly can? Well, of course it would. And that's what we're here to talk about. That's what we're here to minister about. And we just have a good time around here. So if you haven't been with us before, grab your Bible and uh, maybe grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and uh, let's get into the Word. We're going to discuss for the next couple of of, uh, podcasts, we're going to discuss an issue and I'm going to be addressing primarily men. However, ladies, that doesn't mean, you know, that you can go do something else. I think you're going to enjoy this. What's going to be the most beneficial is if you sit down, grab your Bibles, and let's go through these things together. We are going to be discussing a topic that has been misused over the years. It's been abused over the years, but it is very scriptural. And if you do it scripturally and apply it inside your covenant, my, 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 what a glorious, glorious thing it is between a husband and wife inside the authority and the love of God. Glory to God. Now, what we're going to be discussing is the husband as the biblical head of the household. So our golden text is going to be Ephesians 5 verses 21 through 33 for these next several podcasts. So what we're going to do, I'm going to read all the way through that and then we're going to have a word of prayer and we're going to come back and we're going to get detailed in our study of Ephesians 5. So starting in verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear or reverence of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, 
that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's go to the, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for the wonderful glorious relationship and covenant that you have for husbands and wives. I thank you for the structure that you've placed in the church and in the family. And I thank you for revelation, insight, concept of your perfect will where a marriage covenant is concerned. I thank you and I'm asking you now for clarity of speech and communication and clarity of hearing and reception. We receive it, we thank you for it, and we give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Well, let's go back and to verse 22. I want to point something out here. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, men, I want to point out, first of all, that one, number one, the subject of this verse, the person to whom the Lord is addressing is wives. It doesn't say husbands. Make sure that your wives submit themselves to you. Now, it doesn't say that, does it? No. It says wives submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. It says nothing about men making their wives submit. Now, along those same ideas, turn with me to 1 Peter 3. We're going to, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, and we're going to establish uh, everything that we talk about on this sensitive subject out of several witnesses. So, turn on over there, 1 Peter Chapter 3, and we're going to start 
in verse 1 and read down through verse 7. So 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 1, likewise, likewise, you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not in the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or the manner of life of the wives. While they behold your chaste manner of life coupled with fear. Whose adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair, of wearing of gold, putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Praise God. Now, we're going to go back to verse 1, and we're going to go through 1 Peter 3, piece by piece, and we're going to do a little bit of digging and some serious studying here. Notice in verse 1, again, a second witness as compared with Ephesians 5. Likewise, you wives. Okay, so now who's he talking to? He's talking to the wives here. He is not talking to husbands all the way down till you get to verse 7. So we're talk he's talking to the wives. Got nothing to do with the husbands. Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Notice that even says your own husbands. It doesn't have anything to do with men versus women. This is specifically wives and husbands. That if any obey not the word. So if you've got a husband that's not born again. They're not obeying the word. That they also may without the word. They don't even have to hear the word. Be won by the conversation or the manner of life of the wives. Now, I want to point out here. Obviously, this is not referring to a husband who's making his wife submit. The husband's got nothing to, nothing to do with her manner of life in this verse. It's actually talking about him being won over. Him being influenced by her manner of life. So, we're not talking about the husband here at all, men. Get that through your head. Alright, now I know, I know I'm being a little hard on your flesh here. But stick with me. Because if you do this thing right... I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But if you do this thing right, 
It's a win-win situation. And trust me, guys, you're going to like the way this turns out. Women, wives, stick around. I know you're already liking it, but it gets gooder and gooder. So here we go. Verse 2. While they, the husbands that aren't living according to the word, behold your chaste manner of life coupled with fear. Now, that word fear doesn't not mean being afraid. Now, out of a couple of witnesses, I told you we'd have these things established. Notice, back there where we were in, in uh, Ephesians 5, verse 33 at the end there, it says, And the wife see that she reverence her husband. So that's not fear that it's talking about in 1 Peter 3. It's a reverence. And we're gonna, that's going to prove out here in a couple verses. Keep reading. Verse 3. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. Now, when I was young, I was affiliated or, or, or I was around, I should say, uh, some people who pulled that verse out and used that verse to justify not allowing the women in their circles to to uh, do their hair fancy, have fancy hairdos, you know, have um, nice fancy clothing or jewelry. They didn't allow. Uh, they didn't allow any wearing of gold and, and, and rings and, and earrings and necklaces and things like that. Now, <laughs> they used that verse. And even at the young age that I was of, of eight or nine when I was around, they did not appreciate me pointing out the fact that if they're not going to allow their women to um, to do fancy hairdos or wear jewelry well then, um, they need to not allow them to wear any clothes either. They just need to have them be nude all the time. <laughs> of course, that is not what that verse means. Because if you go on to verse 4, it says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of the meek and quiet spirit, which is the sight of God of great price. So you put those together and it's obviously stating that there should be a higher emphasis, a higher priority, a higher value on the condition of the hidden man of the heart or the spirit than there is to the physical clothing and, and jewelry and, and fanciness. Okay, it's a matter of priorities is what is being addressed here. So let's keep going here. Verse 5. For... After this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So, I want to point out a couple things here in verses 5 and 6. It talks about, even in the Old Testament, the, the women also of old time were subject to their own husbands. Again, 
even in the olden times, it wasn't a male versus female. It was to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, notice that does not say Abraham forced Sarah to obey him. No. Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, how do we know that? Because it's going ahead and it backs that up. Whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. There was no fear in Sarah about her husband. She was not afraid of Abraham. There was no intimidation going on. Now, men, let's just be honest here. We know that it would be much easier in most cases to try to use intimidation to to elicit that type of a response from your wife as it would to be the type of man that Abraham obviously was that earned him that much respect from his wife. Now, how you stacking up there, Hoss, to Abraham? Are you the type of man of God that inspires that type of respect? Or are you just lazy and figure it'd be easier to bully that type of respect, which isn't respect at all? That's fear being afraid with amazement or wonderment. How did I get into this? Come on now. Come on, be a man. Step up to the plate. Be the man of God that inspires that type of respect. Glory to God. That's a goal to aim for, gentlemen. Now, let's go ahead and continue. Verse 7. Likewise, you husband. Aha! Now, he's talking to us, guys. Okay? He was talking to the ladies. Now, he's talking to us. Dwell with them. With who? With your wives. According to knowledge. Giving honor. Giving. You notice that word, giving? Well, we read earlier, even as Christ who gave. Yes, giving is part of your life and your covenant responsibility to your wife. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Notice that does not say that she is the weaker vessel. It says, as unto the weaker vessel. Quite frankly, in a lot of cases, women are stronger, particularly spiritually, than men are. And I would wager, even though I'm not a wagering person, I would say that in 90% of you that are listening to this, Your wife is fully capable 
of opening her car door, opening a door to a, a restaurant, putting her own chair out and sitting into it and scooting in. But should she be doing that? Not if you can help it, she shouldn't. You should be giving honor unto the wife as unto a weaker vessel. You should be doing things like she is of great price, like she was weak enough that you needed to do it for her, even though her strength is vast. Now, why do you want to do that? Because you're heirs together of the grace of life and that your prayers be not hindered. You go back up to verse 4. Let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, catch this guys, which is in the sight of God of great price. Listen here, uh, gentlemen. You are not only married to your wife. Okay, let's back up and look at that. Who are you really married to? All right, you got a, you got a father and you got a natural father-in-law in this earth. Now he may or may not be intimidating. He may not have all that much influence. But when it comes down to it, who you're really married to is the daughter of Almighty God. And she is of great price in his sight. No wonder if you don't treat her with honor as to as the weaker vessel and know that you're heirs together to partake of the grace of life. Your prayers will be hindered. It just doesn't get much plainer than that, gentlemen. Now, that is 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, and it is pretty clear. Now, next week, when we pick back up on this subject, we're going to go back and start with our golden text, and we're going to see some very interesting things. Glory to God. So, thank you so much for joining us this time. And don't forget to check back next time. And we're going to pick up where we left off here. And it's just going to get gooder and gooder. Gentlemen, stick with me. You're going to pull through this. You're going to come out just fine. Ladies, I tell you, dig in here. Help your husbands. Pray for them. Pray for Pray Ephesians 1, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they know the hope of their calling glory to God. Well, before I get cranked up again, I better uh, I better close this thing out for today. Father, I thank you for everything that you have brought to light today. I'm asking you, open the eyes of their understanding. Bring light to their covenant, to their relationship. I thank you. And I praise you. Thank you, sir. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful week. And we will see you next time.